murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories. Brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. All right, on this very spooky true law stories, we have Rachel Alexander, probate attorney in Tampa, Florida. Rachel, say hi. Hi. And we're going to talk about why it's fun to do probate attorney, why one son had to leave the office and made his mom cry, the problem of four sisters and suing as a sovereign citizen, one daughter who trashed her parents' house, and the expression that almost landed her in contempt of court, the controversial haunting clause that frustrated a bunch of other attorneys, and the, we're going to talk about the ghost in Rachel's house, as well as the true horror stories of estate planning, all this on this very scary true law stories, but of course, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. Yes, they can be scary stories, but your client stories are one of the best ways to promote your business. Videocasestory.com can help you collect, craft, and deliver those all throughout the internet. Go to videocasestory.com to learn more. All right, let's get started. Before we get started, because you got a story here about four sisters fighting, one son refusing to take anything, and the haunting clause, which is the first time I've ever heard of it. It sounds like a, a halfway to Halloween to Christmas movie, but it's not. <laughs> so Rachel before we get started tell us a little bit about being a probate attorney what's that about and why do people not really understand probate until they need to uh, most people don't really understand probate because it's got this like bad taste in their mouth right you think probate you think all these bad things somebody died we're fighting over assets and money and nobody's gonna agree and so most people just they come to us for a state plan. They're like, I want to avoid probate because it has that bad taste in their mouth that are involved in it. All areas of law, real estate, business, organizations, real contracts, torts, you name it, it's all wrapped in there. So whenever we have like new people and new paralegals or interns come into our office and they go, why would I want to be a probate attorney? I get estate planning, but why probate? And I go, wait, don't you see the fun? Look at the evidence we get to bring in. Look at all the things that you have been learning in school and now can apply here, and you can apply it in just one area of law. It is a totally separate, own funky world in regards to courts and all that stuff. There is a whole probate code in Florida that you have to follow, Florida statutes that you have to follow, totally different than anything else, which is hard to deal with, uh, but it is, it's a lot of fun once you get an understanding of it. Awesome. And yeah, you've done some crazy things in, in, in estate planning and probate. Let's talk about the happy thing, though, of the, the mom you helped. Yeah. So we have a system in process in our office to try and make sure that whoever comes in and gets an estate plan, any of their documents that leaves out of our office is enforceable in court and that their children can't fight over it later. And if they do, it's, there's not much to fight over because we're going to make sure the documents are done right. And so this lady came in, she was a little bit older, she was getting a lot of help from her son, her son came with her, which is okay, that makes you more comfortable, that's fine, but we at some point have this conversation with them where we want that extra party out of the room so we could talk to them on an individual basis. And at the beginning, the son was very controlling, mom, don't you know what, remember what we talked about? You're going to leave everything to these two kids and you're going to leave me and this other son out. And she just struggled. She fought to, she really wanted to say something. And you could see her emotions just going through a roller coaster at that point. 
And I turned to her and I said, you're my client. You tell me what you want. And she looked, she could like glance over at him. You could tell she didn't want to say anything in front of him. And he was getting upset too. So I was like, okay, you need a leaf. And he walked <laughs> out and she just started bawling in my office, in my conference room. And I said, don't worry about it. Whatever you want, I will do. And we don't have to tell him a thing. You can leave him everything or you can leave him nothing. And it has no matter to me because she knew what she wanted to do. And she goes, okay, I want to make sure he gets something, even though he doesn't want it. And I go, okay, no problem. So she was just so happy that first appointment. She came back, she signed everything. And when we got to the will, I was like, you need to leave. If the son came back with her, she, he goes, I know my place. <laughs> and by the end of it, she was just so happy. She hugged me and I could tell that she needed somebody to affirm for her that it was okay to do something different than what her son wanted and for me to actually do it. Yes. And, and why did her son, why was her son objecting to this so much? He was just okay in his life. He really didn't need anything. He was the firstborn. He, his job was to take care of mom and that was it. He didn't want the money. He didn't want to deal with his sister. He didn't want to deal with his brother who were more on the greedier side. And I said, look, this is just the way it's going to be. And she wants to leave you something because she loves you so much. Oh. that it just doesn't feel right to her to do anything. That's so sweet and so nice. And probably not the typical story you hear. <laughs> not on the other end. <laughs> not on the other end. So you had, you had four sisters that were fighting. This happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. And the more siblings you have, the more fights is mm. in the probate process is going to be. It seems to always work out. And if you see it any other way, I'd love to know this. One child is perfect. There's nobody to argue with. Two children, they usually have it all figured out. They bond together. Somebody helps mom. Somebody helps dad. They don't fight as much. When you hit three, you hit a gray area. Four, always a problem. Every single time. <laughs> and especially the girls. <laughs> and what's the, what do you feel is the fight? Obviously, money is a part of it. But why is there so much infighting at four or more? Money is one of it. Money does strange things to people at the end of the day. They think that they're owed something from their parents, even though their parents worked their whole life for it, not them. Other story in their history, their family history, maybe one child got treated better than the other. Maybe one child was mistreated or left out. And so there is this level of when your parent dies, you don't have the ability to have any final conversation with them. And so instead of releasing your anger out on your parents, you release it out on your siblings and the whole process in itself. Um, and that, I think, might have been the case with these four daughters. It was the youngest that went berserk. Eventually, it led her to going, no joke, sovereign citizen on us. She still thinks that she can sue us without going to court. That's up <laughs> to her. But she was the baby. She thought she was owed a lot more because she was the baby of the family. and she needed to be taken care of, whereas the other children, they were okay. They took care of themselves. They took care of the parents. They had no issues. They had their own careers, their own lives. And this one sister of these four girls, she took over the home. She kept everyone out. She, after she was finally, we got possession of the house months later, maybe a year or so later, she had removed appliances 
trashed the home. It was unbelievable. There was oh literally God. trash on the front lawn. Oh. And I could not understand why she would do this. Of emotional, of course, that she was never able to resolve before her parents died. And now she's lashing out in all the bad ways. Gosh, how old was she? I'm just curious, like younger, older? No, she was, I would put her in the middle age, maybe 30, 40, 30, 40, but she was the youngest. I'd probably put her in the 40s because she had children who were grown up, but she had, she has done everything. We went through three judges through this whole case. It took about four years. There was an injunction in there. We had to repossess the home from her, get her picked out. That's where the trash in the front lawn came from. We had a professional personal representative in the beginning. We eventually got our client as a PR. And it, it was the biggest mess. She continues to claim 10, 20, or $100 million in the estate. There wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> she would try to go after our managing attorney's bar license on multiple occasions. And I think the most memorable time, and we still use this to this day, is her expression in court, which almost got her contempt in front of the first judge. And I don't know if I could say this. You can say it. (laughs) Okay. So she gets asked by the judge, okay, what's your side of the story after we gave our side? And she goes, Your Honor, this whole case has been a shit show. And everybody just went and looked (laughs) at her. And the judge goes, I'm sorry. That's a warning. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. She didn't know any better. Oh and we gosh. were just all flabbergasted that she would even say something like that in front of a judge. Now, this judge happened to be a little bit more laid back. I wouldn't call him backwater, but it was in Plant City. So they're more fun there for sure. <laughs> and he was always a great judge to be in front of. But even then, he was like, oh, we're going to put some decorum in this courtroom. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's just like uh, you see people at their worst, huh? At, the, at this crazy time of life. Yeah. She eventually it, ended up with nothing. Oh, I was about to ask that. Nothing. Oh. We got it all in a partition action in a real estate case. Her share of the house was diminished by the diminution in value that she caused and all the rent. And she never showed up to court. So the judge was like, sure, why not? Oh my gosh. After she didn't show up to court after all of that. Still have Man. not heard from her hoping she's not around anymore. But yeah. Knows. Hopefully this doesn't she doesn't end up on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely. You never know. I had that happen once. <laughs> not surprising, actually. Yeah. But so we have yeah, that's YouTube. So the, the, those are crazy stories, but I think the haunting clause is the craziest one I've heard in a while. Yeah, and it's actually the most controversial, actually, because we posted it up on a a Facebook post for lawyers, and a lot of them were like, I can't believe you would do that, and that's not even legally enforceable, and I would never, and you're just like, it doesn't matter if it's legally enforceable, it's what your client wanted. Yeah. This, This lady, I guess, had gone through a really bad divorce, and the child that she was leaving everything was the child of that marriage and she's leaving it everything to that that child and that she I know my daughter will be very nice and maybe give something to her father or something like that but if she does I will haunt her and he 
shoot, like, can you put that in here that if she gives her father any of this money, I will haunt her after my death? And we just go, we've done everything else at this point, might as well put in a haunting clause. But apparently, it's not the first time it's happened. There are oh, wow. attorneys who work with maybe Louisiana with the in the bayou where they have the, I can't remember. Yeah, like voodoo. Voodoo, yeah. They're like, we know actually we put curses in wills. We know how to remove curses. (laughs) Somebody's actually apparently contacted an attorney saying, I have this voodoo curse on me and I need to get removed. And they had to call an attorney to do it. That's awesome. That is awesome. The things attorneys hear. I'm just, I'm imagining that business card. We're kind of into everything. My, My managing attorney is Catholic, but she also believes in like ghosts and the, we call it the woo-woo. And so a little bit of us have a little bit of that religion, but also a little bit of that woo-woo that we go, okay, I could get it. Somebody's going to haunt you. Might yeah, as well the, do it. And how would you go about removing the curse legally? <laughs> get the money back. At this point. <laughs> get the money back and don't give it to the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And, and I'm just imagining legally enforcing it. Like she has, he, do you have to prove a haunting? <laughs> uh, here's the thing i could probably prove it in my house so oh, really? it's totally possible yeah I, I have a ghost in my house not mine i don't know where it came from still shows up i have dogs bark at it all the time oh that's awesome that's, that's I, I feel like i need to save this one for halloween <laughs> <laughs> that's okay weird every once in a while people want to bring like ashes or other personal property into the office and I'm, it's going to bring that juju with it. I don't know if I want that in my office on a daily basis. If I'm here at late at night, it's probably going to creep me out. Oh yeah. That would creep me out. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Late at night. And you're like, you hear all the creakings and stuff. We had that yeah. in this office too. It was like, people right. saw it all the time and it's just like, Ugh. so I, one last question for you. Yeah. What's the name of the ghost in your house? We call it Clarice. It's the best name that we can come up with it. And every once in a while she comes up and we just yell at it. Like, Clary, stop it. That's all right. We know you're there. Apparently somebody has seen it at once. So it's, oh it's something is there. It's yeah. You're in Tampa. There's lots of like spooky old areas in Tampa for sure. Tampa's- oh yeah. We have a lot of haunted houses in here. Yeah. It's got that vibe. This has been awesome. Rachel. So best way to get in touch with you is elizabethdevolder.com we'll put a link to that in the show notes and you're going to update your linkedin so people can follow you there correct yeah <laughs> and we'll put a link to the show notes and so tell us a little bit more about working with you working with me i always try to bring a different perspective to how the way i work so i was not an attorney at a law school it took me a minute so i actually worked as a paralegal for elizabeth devolder for a couple of years So I have a better understanding as to the administrative side of things and how much work it goes into just being a paralegal. So when I work with my staff and not only that, with my clients as well, I really want to try and bring up both perspectives, what it's like on the administrative side and on that, and as well as to be the best attorney in that regard. So my clients just, I think they love the idea that I've had this broad range of experience in the legal field. And that when you come to do an estate plan with me, I know all that planning can do and what happens at probate. So I tell them some of the four stories of if you don't plan properly now, this is what's going to happen to you. And if you think you're exempt from that, you're not. You are the rule, not the exemption. And then all my staff get that same experience. So they know whenever somebody comes in, yep, you have to understand what can go down if you 
plan poorly. Wow. That's yeah. That's it's not one of those things that if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Two things in life are guaranteed death and taxes. Yeah. And you deal with both of them. Exactly. <laughs> Job security. <laughs> Probably the best thing. Cause you know, what's going to happen all the time is people are going to die period. So that's why I love what I do in that regard is that no matter where I go, no matter if I'm going to be at this law firm, which I hope to be at this law firm for the rest of my life or anywhere else, you need probate. Yes. Yes. Everyone that does. This is fantastic. We'll put a link to all of those, your links in the show notes, but Rachel, this has been very fun and very spooky. Thanks for being on True Law Stories. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, All right. And thank you for taking Rachel and I on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and True Law Stories. True Law Stories has been brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need video case stories for your business. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to learn more.